0: i am margaret rogers our director of lifespan religious education at north lake and i have a story for us today it's called making community soup once upon a time in a place not too far from here there was a community group that prided itself on meeting the needs of the neighborhood once a week they made a meal to share among themselves and with those in the nearby community this went on for a long time many people engaged in making the meal there was a set menu salad, beef and barley soup, a honey mustard chicken dish, and bread. It was really tasty too. The community organizers had it down. There was a list of ingredients to purchase for each item and a recipe that had exact measurements of every ingredient. No matter who came to the kitchen to work on putting together the meal, it turned out just the same. People would sometimes comment, the soup tastes exactly like my grandmother's beef and barley soup. And the organizers would beam with pride. And people from the neighborhood came and they appreciated the meal and getting to see everyone. It was comfortable and it worked well. But you know, things don't stay the same. It makes for a boring story if they do. And so at some point, the organizers realized that there were fewer people coming to share the meal. The neighborhood was changing and folks from all around the world had been moving in. The organizers were so excited when they came. Such interesting stories about and conversations about different life experiences. Well, the organizers figured that maybe they needed to make sure the word got out. Maybe the new neighbors hadn't seen the ad in the newspaper. People get information about what's happening nearby in lots of different ways, so they put messages out on social media, they joined meet-up groups, and they extended the welcome. And even more people did show up, and some came to the kitchen to help prepare the meal. But oddly, after a few times, they didn't come back. The organizers were perplexed. They had invited everyone, They happily greeted each and every person, but still the mealtime wasn't as well attended. So they met up to discuss the problem. And one of their high school youth, Jess, overheard the conversation. And because Jess was pretty brave and very insightful, they spoke up. Well, the meal isn't as well attended because it never changes. The conversation stopped. What, someone asked. And so, Jess continued, new people are coming all the time, but they're not included. And someone else said, well, that's not true. We happily greet everyone. Yes, Jess said, but when they offer changes to the recipes, someone always says no. Just last week, someone asked if it would be possible to leave out the beef in the beef and barley soup. They had brought a vegetarian stock and they were told that it was important to stick to the recipe So they helped with the salad instead. And a month ago, someone suggested leaving out the flour from the honey mustard glaze for the chicken. Their son's in my high school class. He has a gluten allergy and they came for the meal. But in the end, he didn't eat at all. It wouldn't have been safe. And a few times people brought their side dishes made from their grandmother's recipes, but they were left in the kitchen and not served with the meal. You welcome everyone, but not what they bring to the table. The organizers sat in stunned silence. They didn't mean to be unwelcoming. They were just comfortable with the recipes the way they were and they hadn't thought much about it. With Jess's observations, they realized that a big change was needed. So, In the invitations posted to social media, in the newspaper, and in the meetup groups, a new phrase was added. Feel free to bring a dish, or a spice, or a recipe to share. And so the meal changed. The soup the community offered was no longer just beef and barley. Most times there was more than one. Moroccan tomato, lentil, and chickpea soup, spicy black bean soup, and many others. The offerings varied depending on who was in the kitchen that week. The rest of the menu varied too new main dishes and even a gluten free bread option because the community shared in everything that people brought to the table. Thank you. Doors opening, doors closing, doors I'm opening, doors I'm closing, I am safe it's only change. I am safe. It's only change. I am safe. It's only change. I am safe. It's only change. One more time. Uh Doors opening, doors closing, doors I'm opening, doors I'm closing. I am safe it's only change. I am safe. It's only change.
1: I love being here. I love what each of us bring. It's just two years ago that I first met you all. When I came to meet with members of Northlake, there were several several common dreams that I heard, we talked together about what the future of our congregation might be. One dream was that we would grow in membership, getting to a size of about 200 members. Another dream is that we would have more diversity in our membership, specifically the long range goal written in 2013 asks for a diversity of generations, ethnicity, race, socioeconomic, and orientation. This is an aspiration shared by most UU churches and a common theme at our regional and national gatherings. I I have to admit that I often wonder about this. Why is diversity so important to us? I know that if someone said they didn't want diversity, I would be really alarmed, but I'm also curious about that desire for diversity. Is our desire for diversity actually the goal that we wish to attain? Or is it that we really want to be a place that those who enter our doors find their souls nourished, feel their spirits are safe and their longings find satisfaction? When we say we want to be more diverse, are we longing for the results of the hard work of shifting our culture to be inclusive. This is an uncomfortable topic to talk about because it starts to critique who we are. It may highlight things that we may not do so well or focus on the unintentional acts of harm we may commit. Looking at how we be inclusive means having to look at things that we may do that feel exclusive. The trouble is, that each of us does this, whether we intend to or not, human beings are inherently tribal, and this needs to always be challenged consciously and intentionally. It is part of human nature to look for those like us, to gather with people who seem similar, because that is what us makes a feel of, makes us have a sense of feeling at ease and of belonging. It's comfortable to create social groups who we share common interests and similar goals with. And here is an adage that is common, commonly said among ministers. Our work is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. And it is less comfortable to be in community with people who may view the world differently. But that is what church community is about and in fact i would say humans have created religious communities because there is a basic awareness that if we don't find ways to create some level of comfort to be in good relationship with each other then the planet and the human and all of humanity are in peril i'm not just talking about people with wi- who are wildly different from us i am also talking about people who appear to be similar to us but who have a slant on how they perceive things that feels divergent from our own. At times, these differences can feel very off-putting. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who proposes ideas that I believe support racism, or another friend who understands gender differently than I do, or yet another who invests money in ways that disturb me. But I also believe that these differences, these very differences, offer us these juicy challenges to explore the very core of how we relate to each other and the world around us. When we can enter into discussions, have open, thoughtful dialogues, these are the very moments of personal growth and development that move us toward being the people we dream about. These moments can give us that shift in understanding and they can be transformative to- times in our lives. Over the last decade, there's been a lot of talk in churches about radical hospitality, inviting people into our church with this re- revolutionary generosity. The Reverend Marjorie Bowen Wheatley wrote, affirming the inherent worth and dignity of every human being means working to create places of worship where all who subscribe to a liberal approach to religion can not only feel welcome, but enter into worship settings that reflect the diverse cultural realities of we the people. We, we right here, we are the liberal faith of this country, and we know so many people who believe like we do, yet they're not here in community with us. We can be as radically welcoming as we can be But there's a difference between being welcoming and being inclusive. I quote Verna Myers, who states, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. It is easy to offer an invitation to join us. And actually, even as I say those words, I admit that it's not that easy for most of us. There is a reluctance to invite people to church or even to tell other people that we belong to a church because we are so afraid that we may feel like we are evangelizing. And we might immediately have to explain that we are not one of them, meaning the conservative religious folk we try to distance ourselves from. But assuming people manage to learn about us and then come to our congregation, we are incredibly friendly and welcoming. But do we ask them to dance? Do we take those next steps of including them? The Reverend Marion Sewell says, and I quote, bringing diverse people together is difficult. This is not because people are bad. It is because human beings have a built-in tribalism. What then opens the heart and brings people who are different together? It is not ideology or theology. It's content and it's conversation. It's the universals that all people care about, their children, this good earth, an end to mindless violence, a yearning for peace." End quote. When we, become someone, when we welcome someone in, the stranger is in a bit of a charitable position They are the stranger looking to see if they will be accepted. Including them feels even more different because it means we will have to change our culture, our habits and our understandings in order to have more equal ground. It means opening our hearts to new people. It means opening our minds to a different way of being. It means range, that understanding comes from ranging how our bodies move, how we receive nourishment, or how we appear. It ranges in ways we perceive the world, interpret information, respond, and understand the world. The good news is that we have huge hearts and open minds. We have the capacity to not just welcome people to this dance but to embrace them as we waltz or foxtrot to a different rhythm. And we've seen that time and time again. And we saw that yesterday as we held a public celebration in a way that we have never tried before. I may say this too often, but I offer this again. The reason we are in this community is that each week we gather, it is a reminder that, yes, we are part of creating the beloved community and when we forget when we act in ways that are not who we dream of being we come back here to remind each other once again to open our arms to the dance the dance of life shifting toward inclusion blessed be